How's everybody doing? My name is Omar J. De Jesus, and I'm the host of Second Chance, Voices of the Unheard. My podcast talks about the second chance people received after doing time in an institution, innocent or guilty, while changing a poisonous narrative of prisoner's perception. For the most part, people returning to society are outcasted. So my job is to give people an opportunity and a platform to tell a story. Everyone deserves a second chance. So I have something I would like to talk about today, an issue that's very prevalent. And it goes on in almost every household in America. And the reason why I want to talk about it, because it happened to me. It happened to me when I was a kid. What happened to me was I was sexually abused by a family member who I confined in. And it honestly, to this day, damaged me because I never really healed from that properly because I didn't want to address it. I hid it. So instead of identifying with the issue and uh, and addressing it, I hid it and it just made matters worse. And that's that's bad. And the reason why it's bad is because to this day it bothers me. It bothers me to the point where sometimes I dwell on it and I feel like it affected many relationships that I've been in with different women because I was wasn't able to trust properly not that the woman made me feel that I should not trust her I was just dealing with my own, my own issues which was being sexually touched and molested by my cousin. You know, this is a, a story that not many people know. My mother passed without even knowing. And she did her best to protect us. But as statistics shows, someone very close in your household will be the one that would molest a child or children in the household. So I want to I want to talk about my story. It was roughly about seven years old, six, seven years old. And I lived on the second floor. And my cousin lived on the third floor. Now, who would ever think your cousin, a guy cousin, or a girl cousin, it doesn't matter, but in this case, it's a guy, would do something like that without, you know, thinking much of it. So I used to go up there and play video games with him without, you know, thinking about nothing. Because, you know, family, you know, I'm looking at it like, you know, I'm safe. 
little did I know, little did I know, I was not safe because a situation transpired. So we were playing video games and I was seven years old, six or seven roughly. And like I said, I'm minding my business playing video games. And I felt someone touching me. Now, I'm not looking at it like, you know, as nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm like, you know, I didn't pay no mind. I'm, I'm a kid. You know, you ain't thinking nothing of it. So, then I felt somebody go in my pants. So, I look to the right of me and my cousin was there touching me. I moved his hand so fast out of my way and he just was startled by my reaction and I was startled by that situation because I'm like what's going on like you know I didn't think nothing of it like I was a kid you know what I'm saying so I didn't say nothing as time progressed it continued and once again same scenario playing video games no dots around me and him he does the same thing i moved his hand again so like you know one or two times i didn't i didn't pay no mind but the third time he did that, like that was the icing on the cake. And I just didn't understand why why would he do something like that? You know, by the way, his name is Raymond the Jesus. So if you ever come across this pedophile slash molester just know be careful with your children because I'm quite sure I wasn't the first person he did it to and I ain't gonna be the last person he is gonna do it to he might be even doing it to his children who knows now I don't want to slander but if you do it to your cousin you'll do it to anybody period that's how I feel but I never told anybody about my situation because I was such a young man and it didn't hit me till later on in life when I realized what he was doing it wasn't till I got older that I realized this guy was fucking touching me in a sexual manner So my trust issues run deep like the Nile River. So like it's very difficult for me to trust people because I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it like this from this lens. If family who you love and care and who's supposed to love and care for you will do that, what would you think the next person that isn't related will do to you? They'll do it even quicker. 
I suppose. But the thing about that is that the traumatic effects is still seen in my life today behind that situation that transpired when I was six or seven. Like I'm very, very cautious on who I hang around. I am very cautious of the woman I'm around and women's if I decide to be around because it's very difficult for me to trust people, let alone trust in general. Because I've been through numerous situations that I felt I can even be, I can trust people, especially that situation. So psychologically, I didn't understand it then, but I realized it now, how damaging that was for me now, because I can identify with it. And mind you, I'm 39 years old. This happened when I was six or seven years old. It took me many years to speak out. So I can understand why there are people in this world who go through similar or worse experiences and don't speak out. It's a common issue that goes on in this country that no one really addresses because they are afraid of being stigmatized or labeled or or whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> discriminated because of your situation. I hate the fact that people can do stuff like that and get away let alone do not get prosecuted for their criminal offense. Now, I'm not for the judicial system because as you can see, justice is blind to a chosen few. But if a person commits a criminal matter, he should be prosecuted to the fullest extent because yeah, those people don't get much time when they are incarcerated and they cause a lifetime of trauma for their victims. This situation could have been handled years ago if I had the courage to speak out. But since I wasn't courageous, I wasn't I wasn't strong enough to identify because I didn't pay it no mind or didn't think much of it I didn't speak out I'm speaking out now because I don't want to live with that burden no more I want people to know what type of person this guy is because he need to be identified as such which is a pedophile a child molester for his actions that he's done to me. Now don't get me wrong. At this day and age. I'll take him full force and really hurt this guy. But I will become no better than him. And he deserves that. Every last bit. Hands and feet. He deserves that. And anybody who, do, who does anything to somebody. In a, in a sexual manner. Deserves to be beat the fuck up, period. You know, 
I think about my nieces. They went through similar situations because their mother neglected them. She chose men over her children. They left. She left her children at home by themselves to fend for themselves while I was incarcerated and they got molested. And honestly, that shit, it breaks my heart to hear that because I was supposed to be there for them. And I really, I am sorry about what they went through because I've experienced, I know how it feels. But you know what? I believe in God. I believe that everybody that did something like that to someone will 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 meet their karma. I don't, I don't understand why people do stuff like that, but you are no good, and you need to be identified for who you are, and the world needs to know that. I'm not gonna live with this burden no more, and I thank God for my friend Veronica. She is the first person that I spoke out to about this situation. And she is not judgmental. She's a beautiful person. She's down to earth. And she understood. I am still dealing with that hurt today. Because I didn't know how to deal with it. I'm in therapy as we speak behind everything I went through, plus that. I just can't hold it on, hold it in no more. My story is not that much different than anybody else. Actually, my story is very unique because they are children right now, as I record, who are experiencing child molestation from a relative. And this needs to stop because people shouldn't be going through unnecessary stuff, especially child molestation, pedophilia, and the rest of that stuff. As you know, the 1% in this country are very heavy, heavily involved with child molestation and child pedophilia. They are involved with that. Majority of these rich people in this country deals with that nonsense. And that's something that needs to be dealt with. But since they so powerful into politics, people are afraid to take them on about their situation and how they treat kids from third world countries and other countries. They buy these children just to do some wicked shit to them. These rich bastards. And no one even talks about that. And they need to. I'm just done with that shit, man. That's why I'm very mindful of my daughter and who she's around and any child because they don't need to go through what I'm going through. And they don't need to go through what I went through. Because it's not right. It's not fair. They deserve the chance. They need to be left alone. They don't need to be touched on. They don't need to be molested. They don't need to be traumatized for the rest of their life. Because it takes years to get, get over this shit. 
I am still dealing with this shit. And it's not fair. So, I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about child sexual abuse statistics. The prevalence of child sexual abuse is difficult to determine because it is often not reported. Experts agree that the incidence is far greater than what is reported to authorities. CSA is not uniformly defined, so so statistics may vary. Statistics below represent some of the research done on child sexual abuse. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Children's Bureau report child maltreatment 2010 found that 9.2% of victimized children were sexually assaulted. Studies by David Finkelhor, director of the Crimes Against Children Research Center, show that one in five girls and one in 20 boys is a victim of child sexual abuse. Self-reported studies show that 20% of adult females and 5 to 10% of adult males record a childhood sexual assault or sexual abuse incident. During a one-year period in the U.S., 16% of U.S. of youth ages 14 to 17 has been had been sexually victimized. Over the course of their lifetime, 28% of U.S. youth ages 14 to 17 had been sexually victimized. Children are most vulnerable to CSA between the ages of 7 and 13. According to a 2003 National Institute of Justice report, three out of four adolescents, three out of four adolescents who have been sexually assaulted were victimized by someone they knew well. I'm quite sure. People put trust in too many people around their children. They need to stop that shit. The Bureau of Justice Statistics shows 1.6%, 16 out of 1,000 of children between the ages of 12 to 17 were victims of rape, sexual assault. A study conducted in 1986 found that 63% of women who had suffered sexual abuse by a family member also reported a rape or attempted rape after the age of 14. Recent studies in 20. 20 have all concluded similar results. Children who had experience of rape or attempted rape in the adolescent years were 13.7 times more likely to experience rape or attempted rape in their first year of college. Happens quite often, especially in college. They need to investigate that shit. It's not fair. You don't go to school to get raped. Or molested. You go to school to educate yourself. And it goes on a lot in college. I know a few people who've been, especially women, degraded, molested, touched on while they was in the college. A child who is the victim of prolonged sexual abuse usually develops low self-esteem. I deal with that at times. I deal with that a lot. And though I try to fight it, it just, it's just hard. A feeling of worthlessness and an abnormal or distorted view of sex. The child may become withdrawn and mistrustful of adults and can become suicidal. Children who do not live with both parents as well as children living in homes marked by parental discord, divorce, or domestic violence 
have a higher risk of being sexually abused. The vast majority of cases where there is credible evidence that a child has been penetrated, only between 5 and 15% of those children will have genital injuries consistent with sexual abuse. Child sexual abuse is not solely restricted to physical contact. Such abuse could include non-contact abuse, such such as exposure, voyeurism, and child pornography. Compared to those with no history of sexual abuse, young men who were sexually abused were five times more likely to cause teen pregnancy, three times more likely to have multiple sexual partners, that was me, and two times more likely to have unprotected sex, that was not me, according to the study published online and in, in a June print issue of Journal of Adolescent Health. Unbelievable. Those statistics are horrible. There's no reason why people should have to go through this. It's terrible. And it needs to stop. I would like to shed light on this situation because people need to know what goes on in their household, especially parents. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the psychological aspect of sexual abuse. Sexual abuse is any sexual activity that occurs without consent, also referred to as sexual assault or sexual violence. It includes unwanted sexual touching, forced oral sex, and rape, among other sexual acts. No matter what what act occurs, it is not the survivor's fault that they were assaulted, and help is available to begin handling with such abuse. Understanding sexual abuse. Sexual violence is a pervasive problem. The abuse can lead to shock, fear, sadness, and in some cases, an anxiety or depressive disorder. With therapy, coping skills and social support can relieve the burden and help survivors heal. Personal, societal, and legal hurdles often prevent survivors from disclosing abuse and receiving the help they deserve. Although the Me Too movement and the national discussion that ensued helped to address sexual harassment and assault, there's still a long way to go to create cultural change and stop sexual violence. How common is sexual abuse? Sexual violence is a pervasive problem. In America, one in three women and one in four men experience sexual violence in their lifetimes. What are the psychological consequences of sexual abuse? Sexual abuse can be traumatic. In the two weeks following an assault, 94% of women in one study reported experiencing symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, such as flashbacks, insomnia, hypervigilance and avoidance. They also struggled with anger, anxiety, and depression. Yet, up to the 90% of survivors may recover naturally with time. Research suggests mental health professionals are always available to help process this painful experience. Healing 
from sexual abuse. Survivors of sexual violence may experience physical injuries due to the assault, as well as anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder. This can harm one's health, career, and relationships. Therapy can often effectively address the trauma of sexual abuse. Survivors learn how to identify and understand their emotions, process their memories, develop coping skills, apply stress management strategies, and restore their confidence. How do you leave a sexual abusive relationship? Although it can take a long time and multiple attempts, most people eventually leave abusive relationships. To make this decision, women have reported that it was crucial to, one, confront reality and recognize that the abuse will not end. Two, release feelings of self-blame to reclaim self-esteem. Accept support and perspective from loved ones or a mental health professional. Four, reach a transition point with regard to feeling personally overwhelmed or consideration for a child's well-being. What therapies can help survivors recover from sexual abuse? Trauma-focused therapies can be especially effective for survivors overcoming sexual assault. These include cognitive processing therapy, prolonged exposure therapy, and the somewhat controversial eye movement, the sensitization of reprocessing therapy. Art therapy may also be a valuable outlet for individuals to process the trauma. If a disassociative disorder is present as a coping mechanism, it is important to treat the disorder so that its root cause can be addressed. Helping survivors of sexual abuse. Powerful forces often prevent survivors from disclosing or reporting sexual abuse. That's what I was talking about, the politicians. From the fear of retaliation to the potential of reliving a traumatic assault. But when survivors do decide to come forward, unwavering support from friends and family members can help them process the experience and move forward. What are the signs of sexual abuse if you don't know? If you're concerned that a loved one is suffering sexual abuse, asking them directly can lead to relief, support, and treatment. The signs that an adult may have been sexually assaulted included or include anxiety with specific situations that didn't previously prompt anxiety, avoiding specific people or places, persistent sadness or depression, low self-esteem, disturbed sleep or nightmares, self-harming behavior, suicidal thoughts, new sexually transmitted infections. What can I do to support a sexual abuse? The most important thing to do is simply listen and believe your loved ones. Validate their emotions, ask questions, and avoid casting judgment. Help them explore options and resources, such as seeking medical attention, reporting a crime, calling an abuse hotline, or seeking therapy. Although you may have strong opinions, set those aside. The survivor should make every decision for himself when they feel ready to do so. Child sexual abuse. There are few offenses more painful to contemplate than child sexual abuse. Parents or loved ones may hesitate to raise such a concern with their child. There are parents that know that and they don't care. They'll choose the man before their child or even listen to the man before they listen to their child. And it goes both ways. There's women that do it too. But if they are worried, they should gently 
but directly ask, ending any contact with the per perpetrator and beginning therapy can help survivors of childhood abuse begin to heal, regardless of how recently the event occurred. What are the signs of child sexual abuse? The signs that a child may have been sexually assaulted include sexually transmitted infections, genital injuries, including bruising or bleeding, inappropriate sexual behavior or sexual knowledge, regressing to past habits such as bad wind or thumb sucking, new fear of removing clothing to change or bathe, new fear of being alone at night or having nightmares, new discomfort or anxiety around certain adults, excessive worry or fear, extreme agitation or angry outbursts, withdrawal from family and friends. What should I do if I learn that a child has been sexually abused? This is for the people that learn. You gotta say something, speak up. If parents or caretakers are concerned about sexual abuse, they should gently but directly ask. While some children may bring up abuse themselves, many do not. I was the one that did not, because my family wasn't aware. If an, ex if, an if an incident is suspected, avoid putting a child in situations in which they may encounter the potential offender or be in an unsupervised situation with an adult until the matter is resolved. If an incident is confirmed, report it. Reaching out to a, a rape crisis center, domestic violence center, or sexual assault hotline can help. And this is the number for a national sexual assault hotline. It's 1-800-656-4673. Once the abuse has been reported, discuss next steps for the child with a doctor and mental health professional who can help that child. So what I'm saying is, if you love your child, do not be afraid to get in the children's life and ask. Because trust me, I wish someone would have asked me if I was okay. I definitely would have said something. But since I felt no one in my family loved me and cared for me, I hid it for a very long time. So that's why I don't feel bad for people like R. Kelly, Harvey Weinstein, and the rest of these cocksuckers who do fucked up shit to people like that, man. They, they get what they deserve. And I'm not for prison. I did time. But I am for punishing those who did negative things to people who do not deserve that shit. And they need to change the laws pertaining sexual child molestation, pedophilia, rape, because those people don't get much time. They need to change the laws on them. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. I would like to say thanks to everyone who is listening to my podcast. Thanks to every organization that's had, that had helped me change my perspective in life. A quick shout out to Osborne. AVP, PACE, DEFI, Network, NYU's Prison Education Program, PET, Ignacio House, Drive for Life, Prison Project. With every disappointment lies a gem of wisdom. And remember, no one wants to do time, but we all need time. Good night, peace and blessings, and I'm out of here.